Hi there, Osha here. Thank you so much for downloading the show. Welcome. It's uh, Ellie and Becky on the show today. That's exciting. If you're new, welcome. I'm Osha, and I'll tell you more about the show in a second, but this podcast is uh, free to listen to, but it's not free to make. I make it with two fantastic people, uh, Andy Ma and Rachel Barrett, who make this show with me, and uh, I need to pay them. So to pay them, occasionally you'll hear an ad. So you might just be about to hear an ad. If you hear an ad, thank you very much. You help me pay these two fine people. If you don't hear an ad, kapow. You win. Let's see what happens. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think you're deserving of love and don't ever let a man disrespect you. Know your worth and, yeah, have courage and stand up for yourself and don't settle. I went through, you know, a couple of tough relationships and it took me for me to have my single years and for me to go through a bit of heartbreak, I think, to really understand what I deserve and what I'm willing to put up with and not put up with in a relationship. And I'm just at a place where I'm really happy within myself. I have amazing friends coming into the bachelorette or like into any kind of relationship, I suppose, is like I just want someone who's going to make my life even greater than what it is, if that's possible. <laughs> that's Ellie and Becky Miles. This year's Bachelorettes, and this is episode 358, but better than yesterday. Hello. 
Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks for downloading it. This is a bi-weekly conversation designed to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Uh, I'm here every Monday and Friday. Monday I speak with a guest, in this case guests, and Fridays I speak with you. I've been here since September 2013 and each show has just got something in it that's going to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Something you hear today will make you go, oh yeah, and just get, go about something a little bit differently than you otherwise would have, and boom, there you go. You go to bed tonight going, you know what? Today was all right. Better than yesterday. That's it. That's what I'm here to do. Does what it says on the box. If you have never listened to the show before, uh, my name's Osher Ginsberg. I'm a TV host and an author and a, a kettlebell swinger and a podcast listener and a shed reorganizer and uh, fingers crossing that the baby doesn't wake up while I record this kind of guy right now. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and um, I'm grateful you're here. Uh, thanks so much for everybody that emailed me through the week. Super easy to get in touch with me. Send us your email at gmail.com. There I am. Great to hear from you. And also so great to see so many people from uh, Twitch coming to say hi. Twitch.tv slash Ginsberg. I'm really enjoying uh, streaming. I'm really enjoying being there and enjoying the connection that I have with people in the chat. I really, I really dig it, man. Doing a quiz every Tuesday night at eight o'clock and um, usually on the bike in the mornings there. But if you don't know what Twitch is, it's free to download. It's free to sign up. You don't even have to download it, to be honest. Audrey and I watched Tom Loud, a former guest of the show on Hot Dub Time Machine on Saturday night. I watched him do a set uh, while we waited for the pizza to arrive. Fuck it. We're in our 40s with a small baby. That was our Saturday night, and it was awesome, to be honest. I really dug it, man. I really liked it. Thanks so much for all the great feedback about Friday's episode. Friday, Andy and I called the show, You Have As Many Hours In The Day As Beyonce. And I did get some screenshots. People sent me screenshots of uh, their screen time on their phone, Android and Apple screenshots. And and yeah, so uh, the average was anywhere between nine to 12 hours through the week that people are spending on their phone. That's nine to 12 hours that you are giving of your data, of your time, of your attention, of you know telling all of those apps exactly how to sell you shit better. <laughs> and um, that's a lot of time to... Uh, cut out and reconnect. I did get a, I did get one, you know, some people said like, well, hang on, that's fair enough to say, but Beyonce's got 500 million bucks. She can pay as many people as she likes to do stuff. I don't know if that's exactly the point. I think the point is more Beyonce achieves a lot of things. And in fact, well, before she had $500 million, she achieved a lot of things and she achieved a lot of things because she worked fucking hard. And it's not to say she doesn't work fucking hard right now. She does. She works incredibly hard, unbelievably hard. I think, what did she spend nine months rehearsing every day for two shows at Coachella? Amazing. Incredible. But that's what it is. And that's what it takes. And that's what it's always taken. I mean, like, if you compare yourself to Beyonce, I mean, I'm never going to have 500 million bucks. All right, so I can't wake up in the morning and, you know, think I'm Beyonce. No, it's not going to work. What do I want to do? I just want to make a bit of a difference and try to have a better connection with my family. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Do I have some spare time through the week to achieve those two goals? Yep. That's kind of more what I'm talking about. All right. But yeah, thanks very much. If you haven't checked that episode out, it's, um, it got shared a lot. So uh, if you can do, please do share this episode. Share th- this. If this show helps you, please share it around. That's the best thing I can do for this show. I, uh, I think Instagram, Facebook, you name it, as soon as they cotton on that you're trying to promote something, they just dial it right back. <laughs> and unless you pay them a lot of money per user, it's very hard to get anything organically to spread. So the 
best thing you can do for me. If you do appreciate the show, if you do like this show, um, just share it. Just click share in the top corner of your app, whatever you're listening to, and, and send this episode along. If there's someone in your life that does a lot of zombie scrolling, send them the beat. You have as many hours in a day as Beyonce episode is out on Friday. Send them that one. Say, hey, you might dig this. It's only 20 minutes long. Super easy to get through. That's uh, apparently I learned that from my radio days. That is the average length of a commute in Australia. When we were commuting, we don't commute so much anymore because we're in lockdown. If we're in Victoria, um, what's happening here at this end? Oh, I guess you know, babies. We're transitioning baby to one nap a day. All right, that's where we are. They just started to not sleep at all in the afternoons, and it started to get a bit ropey. Uh, so we've put into bed today. Today's the first day we've put into bed. A bit later, you can probably hear that. That's the sound of the white noise machine that uh, Abby Jane Coleman from B105, Hit 105 gave me. And I'm watching him be super cute on the baby monitor. He's in the room directly above me. He's out like bell-bottom trousers. My goodness. He's been down for nearly three hours. That's sick. So he'll be up any second. He might even be up before I finish this. So yeah, babies are transitioning one nap a day, which is, you know, interesting. Babies grow up. That's fine. What else is happening? Oh, someone saw a photo of uh, our possums, uh, Scarlet and Scott, and they noticed something on Scarlet's back. We thought it was a battle scar, uh, but it looks, uh, she's a wildlife ambulance driver up in Queensland, and she said it could be dermatitis. So um, keep an eye on it. My brother is, um, <laughs> bless him, I love him so much. He's so good at what he does. He's um, hacking together a solar-powered, weatherproof, Wi-Fi night vision camera <laughs> that I can strap on to the possum box so we can get some 24-7 possum watch happening. And uh, so we'll keep an eye on the little possum skin and see what's happening there. What else is happening? I don't know. I booked a date to get my hip this week. So my hip surgery has been booked in um, one at a time. I'm just going to get one at a time. I'm not going to get both at the same time. I don't think I can rehab two at a time. So yeah, that's about it. What else happened? I trained this morning. That was good. Training feels so much better than fasting. <sighs> it really does. I mean, fasting is fun. Uh, you can do it super easy. You can probably fast the equivalent of however many calories it takes to, to train. You know, what did I train this morning? It's about 700, 600, 700 calories worth of training. You can fast a meal and a half or so and, and get that kind of negative depletion. But then when I fast, I don't get that exercise hormone release, which is a thing I absolutely love. That's the thing that makes me feel great and helps my brain work and helps me shift mood states through the day from feeling obsessive or feeling shit or feeling anxious to feeling better. If I need to, you know, I can instigate those changes through various breathing and rationalization techniques, but you've got to have those hormones pumping through your body to allow that sort of thing to happen. It's the WD-40 for the brain. And um, yeah, I trained this morning, which was good. It's a bit weird though. It's scary. It's fuck. It's not even mid-October and there's a bushfire in the distance. And, you know, that's, that's really full on, man, because, you know, a couple of years back, a few decades even, there's a bunch of scientists went, yeah, the bushfire seasonals start earlier and earlier. The winters will be shorter and shorter. The summers will be longer and longer. And what do you know? It's fucking October. There's fucking bushfires. Uh, but here we are, you know. As I said on that uh, keynote that I did with Mike Cannon-Brooks and Dan Illick the other day, which is on Dan Illick's podcast, by the way, if you go and hunt down a rational fear, a rational fear, Dan Illick, who's been on the show a few times, 
him and me and uh, Mike Cannon Brooks did a did a seminar the other day, talking about the opportunities our country has in front of us. And um, you know, I was just talking about that that you know climate. And Dan was asking me about when did I start talking so much about it. I'm like, because the only antidote that I have to climate anxiety is climate action. And yeah, you got to do it. You got to lean into it. And when someone says, geez, how warm is it? You go, yeah, it's called global warming for a reason. This is it. And uh, we've got to act now because we've got to get ready for what's to come. You know, this isn't going to be better by next year. This is what we've got for decades, my friends. So we've got to make some moves and make some choices that now while we can well, we have time. We can do these things, all right? <laughs> what was that line? Noah, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. <laughs> Let me take a drink. Hang on. It's just water, I promise you. <laughs> anyway. So before we get into my conversation with Ellie and Becky Miles... If conversations with people who have been The Bachelorette strike your fancy and you want to hear about what life is like, and that is, you know, the experience of life after The Bachelorette, you may be interested in my conversation with Georgia Love. It is episode 349. Scroll back through the podcast feed a little ways and you can find her there. And um, here's just a little bit of a taste. A friend that I don't, before all of this, I probably would speak to... Maybe once every couple of months if something came up. But I got a text message from her out of the blue, quick mental health check, how are you holding up? And that one message just made me feel so supported. And if I wasn't okay, I would have been able to respond to that. It's the whole premise of the are you okay messaging. So I've I've taken that now from her and I'm doing that to my friends as well. And to the people that who, who wouldn't expect it from me because I think that's what really made the difference getting it from her too. That was Georgia Love, episode 349 of this show. Just scroll back a little ways uh, through your podcast feed, find it and enjoy. So let me tell you about my guests today. Haven't done a two-hander on this show for quite some time. Today, my guests are Ellie and Becky Miles, the current sitting bachelorettes. Yeah, bachelorettes. So I don't often talk. I mean, I do some bachelorette stuff on this show or bachelor stuff on this show, but, you know, this podcast has been quite separate to the TV work I've done for a long time. And I'm actually really grateful that the network trusted me enough to do a version of this podcast, which they know doesn't really faff around (laughs) the edges, I guess, and um, do a podcast with the the two ladies. Now, this is the world first to have. It's not the world first to have two bachelorettes, but it is the world first to have sisters. Now, Ellie and Becky, they're about five years apart. We're going to get into this story in a little way, in a little while, but it's not often that you get a chance to hear from our bachelorette for our bachelor in this format. They're often profiled before the show starts in a, in a magazine piece or if it's in a podcast, it's very short. It's very rare that they, they do a long form interview. And so I'm really grateful that we had the chance to do this. There was a few technical issues, so it wasn't quite as long as I would have liked. It's a bit of a trick doing a remote podcast with remote software behind corporate firewalls, I'll give you that. But the IT people uh, swung into action and gave it the, their best shot to help us out. But Ellie and Becky Miles, they're from uh, Parks in New South Wales, which is where The Big Dish is. If you've seen the film The Dish, that's where it is. We talk all about what life was like growing up there. We talk all about what it is to be The Bachelorette. And we talk all about 
what it is to try and look for love in this modern day. And, you know, how is a reality show, really, in my opinion, how is a reality show any different as far as a strange way to meet somebody than swiping left to right on your phone? You know, it's it's all just a way to meet another human being and connect with another human being. It's a really great conversation. And I, honestly, when I look at the way these two are with each other and I hear their voices, and I hear how much love and kindness and 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 empathy and goodwill and good energy and good vibe they have for each other. If I was their parents, I would just high-five it myself. You know, if I was her mum and dad, I would just, oh, that's my boy. I would high-five him. <laughs> Let me just turn him down. I'll be right out there, mate, and um, and just go, uh, look, job well done. These two girls are the best of friends ever, and that's the greatest thing in the world, and it's unreal. So enjoy this conversation with Ellie and Becky Miles. Now, well, hi. Hey, Asha. I wish people could see your smiles. So just for uh, just a quick bit of background, like we've been sitting here for 41 minutes waiting for the IT uh, situation to, to sort itself out. But I'm so grateful that I've finally got a chance to speak to the two of you like this to get you on the podcast. Because there's a lot of people listen to my show that they've been like, oh, I don't really get into Batch, but I listen to the show. It's like, well, sucked in. Here we go. Here's the crossover episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually remember one day Beck and I were driving back to Parks from Newcastle and we put on one of your podcasts and oh. we loved it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember it was very thought provoking. Oh. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Becky was like, let's listen to this. Becky heard like really good things about this particular episode. Oh. Was like, let's listen. Becky's a podcaster. I'm not a podcaster. I've got right. no idea. I don't listen to him, but Becky loves him. Well, as someone who lives in the country, podcasts would be your best friend. I would be. Yeah, because you drive forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I do when I drive back to parts from Newcastle. It's a six-hour drive, so I just listen to podcasts the whole time. Absolutely. Well, so for people who, who may not be aware, hi, I'm Osher. I host The Bachelor in all its forms in Australia, and this year for the first time ever on The Bachelorette, which, so there's a bachelor, which is one bloke, lots of ladies, and there's a bachelorette, which is one lady, <laughs> lots of blokes. But this time, we've got two ladies, and they happen to be sisters. Now, we've met one of them before. She came on our show a little while ago, Ellie, and her big sister, Becky, has come to join us. Let's play the getting to know you game. Okay, hey. let's do it. Becky, since you got here first, where did you get born in Parks, Becky? Yeah, I was born in Parks, and I lived there until... I finished high school, so I was 17, nearly 18. Wow. And what did your folks do? So mum has managed a shoe store for as long as I can remember and dad had a road construction and haulage business, so a heap of trucks, used to work on the council building, you know, dirt roads before they, they get tar over the top and also had a farm. So we had... Yeah, about 750 acres on one farm and 500 on the other and we had cattle and and sheep and and crops and yeah, so that's where dad did his haulage business out of. Oh, right, right. So when you say shoe store now I'm guessing is it is it like one of those country towns where there's like the main drags where people do happy laps and it's next to the country target? <laughs> Oh, no, it was a, it was across the road from Target, but I think they're even taking Target away from us now. I don't think it's doing as good as they would hope, so we're devastated. We love Target. <laughs> yeah, it's um, on, on the main drag and it's the only shoe store in Parks. Right, so if you grew up in Parks, 
chances are that you, at one point in your life, wore footwear sold to you <laughs> by your mum. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So a lot of people probably, or the only thing they know about Parks is the dish, right? But what, so I'm guessing it's like many, many parts of uh, Australia that are in that part of the world, it's just kind of quite a rural primary producing kind of situation besides the, you know, interspace technology part. Yeah. Well, it's also known for the Elvis Festival. That's a new-ish kind of thing that's come to Parks, a big tourist attraction for the town. But yeah, basically there's the Parks Mine as well as just like farming families and then people who just live there. Yeah. <laughs> and then leave one day maybe. <laughs> now, cuz that that is no but that is an issue. I spoke with Natalie Eagleton from the um FRRR the other day and she was talking about that as a, as an issue in in country Australia and that people do as as you mentioned Becky they you know 17 and then whoosh, gone and it's a bit of a trick because the in the past it was okay 17 right you're on your own bit okay so here's here's a portion of the land that the family owned and you go and make something with it but that stopped kind of happening what was it like going to school there i mean i guess you didn't know anything else becky but i'm sure you watched on tv you watched other people's schools you went hang on there's like three thousand people at degrassi junior high and there's like what was your what was your school like <laughs> yeah i think parks high it was good it was a nice school I don't know, I had a bit of a tough time at school with, you know, girls just being mean and so I didn't really enjoy school all too much. Oh, that's <laughs> all right. You're not alone there. You're not alone there. That can, that can happen. You know, it's it's interesting the the way that boys as teenagers explore their power as they grow into adults is often physical and, you know, alternatively the way that girls can sometimes explore communication as adults is often verbal and it's real yeah. power games and it can be quite tough. So Sunday night sucked? Didn't look forward to Mondays? No, I was, I was a bit of a ratbag teenager and I used to wag school a bit in my year 11 and 12. Like I, th- I feel like I was a smart girl. I just didn't go all that too often. I was hanging around somebody who wasn't a very good influence and, yeah. Went a bit off the rails and did. <laughs> a, a male somebody or a female somebody? Oh, a female somebody. Oh, right, right. So that was a bit of a duopoly there and the a bad idea became a good idea very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> How did your parents deal with that? How old were you when, I guess, the first time your parents went, what, what's going on here? I don't know if mum and dad really knew too much about it. Mm. Yeah, I think I was a little bit, little bit sneaky and I remember being a young kid and mum used to come home from work on a lunch break and I used to go and hide in my shoe closet and I used to prank call the home phone to make sure she'd left so I could get out of the shoe closet. So I'm like, isn't that terrible? I can't believe I used to do that to my poor mum. I remember the cops came home looking for Becky one day (laughs) and I had to cover for her. It was just a little fake ID incident but she was naughty. Uh, pretending to be somebody else for nefarious means or just pretending to be somebody else so you can get into the pub? Pub. Get into the park's pub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're alone there, Becky. Yeah. No, no. You guys, uh, you guys are five years apart. Do you remember what it was like when Ellie came along, Becky? Yeah, when I was little. I think, what was I? Oh, yeah, I would have been five years old. <laughs> I think she was cute. There's a lot of photos of us as kids, like, hugging each other. And I think we got along from like a really young age but when I don't know when Ellie grew up a a little bit we used to fight over the sims a lot and who was going to be on the computer 
but then once Ellie became a teenager, that's when things all changed and we became a lot closer. Mm. Right. Because it's kind of weird to be alone and the focus of everyone's attention for five years, that's a long time. That's a long time to have everyone yeah. like, I'm the star. Hello. That's right. Becky's arrived. Bring on the cuddles and the kisses. And then suddenly <laughs> a smaller, cuter version, you know, a little baby version of you shows up <laughs> and the focus goes away. That can be tough at the, you know, the older you get. Ellie, considering your, your sister's forging of the, the ground in that direction, were your parents a little more intense with you? I don't know what the deal was, but I think mum and dad always thought Becky was this innocent girl, this innocent, sweet little Becky, and then I was just, I think I was openly more feral, so I think they thought they had more to worry about with me, but really I was good. I was pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, just... Becky corrupted me a little bit to get me on side, so I'd stop dobbing on her to dad, so... I think that's when I started being a little bit naughty. But for me, I really knuckled down in the last years of high school because I, you know, I wanted to go to university and I didn't, I knew how tough it was for mum and dad to see Becky be a bit of a rat bag. So I made the decision myself to say, you know, I want to take responsibility for my education and send me to Red Bend and and I'll knuckle down and I'll do well. I'm a bit of a rat bag. I guess like wagging school and stuff in, in high school, but I'm really glad with how things worked out anyway. Like I moved to Canberra. I had a couple of years working in a council as like an office admin girl. And then I got into the public service doing project management stuff at 21. So yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think once I left school, that's when I started applying myself. Yeah, and I can certainly relate to that. Like I, I went to a, like the best school my mom could afford for me and it's the kind of school that was the – the sons of the the landed gentry of Queensland, you know, and um, most people's parents owned property way out somewhere, you know. And I just, much like yourself, Becky, I was like, Fuck, I'm not into this. <laughs> I know I'm smart, but I don't like it very much. And once I got out of that and I found something I was really into, I, you know, it started to excel. If I, if I had a report card for roadieing, I probably would have got A's in everything, you know, which is something, <laughs> I, really, something I really loved. Uh, G, who's our eldest, she's going into grade 12 now. And um, I see there's so much pressure. It's got to be, it's this or nothing. It's like, well, it's it's not. Like, it's good. If you want to do that, go ahead. But it really mm-hmm. isn't the end of everything. You know, as long as you, you know, if you want to find, just find something you're into. So when you're away, I mean, obviously growing up in such a tight-knit community like that, Becky, to move away, what was it like when you kind of, because everyone – if you had grown up like that and you'd had that kind of people looked at you with through that lens, Becky, when you moved to Canberra, you had this chance to kind of reinvent yourself, really. What was that like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if people really. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know. I think Becky had a long-term partner at that time. And then I think it wasn't until she was single that she really started to come into herself and really get to know yourself, you know? Would you say that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, th- I think I was in in a relationship for about seven years and it probably should have ended earlier than, than it had. And when I became single, that's when I, I started, you know, making my own friends, figuring out what I enjoyed and like just coming into myself and being more confident within myself as well. So, yeah. So when, tell me about that point. Like when you, how old were you when you were, you were single again then, Becky? Ooh, I was probably 20, 25. Right. 
Right, what yeah, a time. And that's, that's when I moved to Newcastle. Yeah. And I met just the most amazing friends. Like I'd never really felt like I had friends that had accepted me without any judgment and I fell into this really beautiful group of girls who I met at the gym and they were just so loving and so positive and so warm and I just remember thinking, oh, my God, like I've hit the jackpot here. And it, I remember at the time being so emotional about it too because I was, I don't think I'd ever really felt like I really fit in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like Becky really like found her people. You know, when you just have friends mm. that you're like, these are my people, these are great people, and I feel like you finally met people that matched you at your level of greatness and kindness yes. and like beautifulness, you know? Because I feel like Becky is just like the best person and I feel like she just had some shit friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so when you found them, I think you also found part of yourself. <laughs> well, we all have that. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's not to do with, you know, what we choose. It's just like that's the people that are there, you know. And mm-hmm. I think it was a Bill Hicks line. I think we're all the, the, the right song, the right summer and the wrong friends away from a drug habit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's just like one thing leads Literally. to another. Yeah, one thing leads to another, and suddenly you're like, "Oopsie, how did I end up yeah. here?" It was fun a couple of weeks back when this all started, but now I'm in trouble. You know, it can happen. It can yeah. happen. Happen to the best of us. Did you miss your sister much, Ellie, when she moved away? Ah, uh, not really. I think I don't know. I was in a busy stage in my life. Yeah, when I was in high school, like I was just trying to focus on school and stuff and then I went straight into full-time work as a childcare worker for a year and then I went off to uni and then I think I definitely did miss her. I missed her enough to convince her to move to Newcastle, let's say that. And then, yeah, we've basically been inseparable since. What was your uh, what was your childcare? Because I'm, you know, I'm sure that's exciting looking after other people's kids. You would have had a few moments there. What was that experience like? I bloody loved it, you know, like I always thought I would either be a teacher or a nurse. And so I thought what an excellent opportunity to do a gap year in like children's services and see if I liked it. And I loved it. Like I love kids. I'm great with kids. It was just like the funnest day going to work every day. But yeah, I guess I just thought to myself, like I feel like with nursing, I can evolve a lot more as myself and yeah, learn a lot of valuable life lessons. And I guess the variety in the job that you can go down so many different avenues Mm. was really appealing to me too. But no, I love kids and I love looking after other people's kids. I still think of them as five-year-olds and then I'll be down the street in parks and I'll see them and they're like 11 and I'm like, (gasps) I'm like, oh my goodness, like look how big you are. And it's just crazy. (laughs) The other thing with nursing is you you literally can work everywhere. You work Everywhere yep. in the world, which is pretty pretty wild. Yeah, we're we're kind of uh, it's we've gone through a really interesting phase with with Wolf at the moment. He's starting to, I won't lie, he he gets upset when it's time to give him over to mum. Like he's crying when he <laughs> he wasn't doing that last week. He was like, "Fuck yeah, mum, all right." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, there you go, buddy." But suddenly he's like, ah, "Dada, dada!" Like, all right. So, Are you loving that? Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's good. I'm digging it. Best yeah, yeah. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Do you remember, Becky, do you remember the conversation when Ellie first talked to you about going on The Bachelor? Yeah, I remember the first conversation. Ellie was in at my house, actually. She was in my kitchen cooking me pancakes as the good sister she is. And I remember 
she got this phone call and she's like, what? What? And she sounded really concerned. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you okay? I thought someone must have hurt themselves, by the way, she was carrying on. (laughs) And she's like shaking her head and she's giving me thumbs up and she gets off the phone and she's like, you wouldn't believe it. They want us to both be bachelorettes. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a sec. Hang on. Rewind, rewind, rewind. We're going back like three years now Mm -hmm. to when she decided to go on The Bachelor when it was her by herself. Tell me about that conversation. It's funny how it played out fairly because she'd done half of an application, like filled out half of the questions, hadn't even filled it in properly. And she got a phone call saying, hey, Ellie, we really want you to fill out the rest of your application. We want you to you know, we want you basically. Mm. And so she did that. And the next minute she gets an interview and we'd already made plans to go overseas and do our big Europe trip that we did last year. And she was uh, approached for an interview and Ellie tried to turn that down, but they were like, oh, we really think you should come. Like it's like timing will work out. It's going to finish before you go overseas. Mm. And so you went to an interview and you got it and I don't know. I think I was a bit blown away. I was a bit speechless. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I can't believe, you know, you're going to be on it. What yeah, did, it was crazy. What did you, uh, like, it, obviously you, you'd seen the way that she'd found partners in the past. You'd, you'd seen the kind of guys that she was hanging out with. What did you think about her going on The Bachelor look for somebody? I thought, why not? Like, it's an incredible experience. And I don't know, it's a pretty unconventional way of finding love, but if you don't find love, at least, I don't know, you'll have a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learn different things about yourself, yeah. I guess. And when you watched her season, did you watch it with friends, Becky, or were you, were you watching by yourself? Did you not watch it? When the season started, Ellie and I were overseas. So the first episode we watched on a laptop in an Amsterdam hostel in the communal area. <laughs> I think I've got a little video of you too, actually. Yeah, I was eating fish and chips and just crying. <laughs> and then when Ellie got dumped, I was in Greece and I was laying on a beach chair by myself, like bawling my eyes out, watching you bawl your eyes out. <laughs> that was really sad. But Ellie, she, you were amazing on on The Bachelor. Like Ellie was just herself and she made us all very proud. When you did get that phone call about both going on Bachelorette, yeah. what was the first phone call you guys made after that? Was it to your parents? What was it to your friends? What did you do? Um, no, we didn't tell mum and dad until we were home the next time in parks. So I don't know. We were just sort of in shock with each other, just eating our pancakes in shock, basically. <laughs> A lot of pancake talk here. What's the key? Why, what is it that I need to know about pancakes that I'm missing? Oh, I'm, I have a really good, like, healthy protein pancake recipe. Mm-hmm. So easy. It's just, like, oats, banana, cinnamon, egg. Uh, mm-hmm. I also put yogurt in it. I have, like, an amazing recipe. It's bloody delicious oh, yeah. and it's healthy and it's filling mm-hmm. and it's dairy-free. Yeah. Wow. So you're – okay, so there's okay, this is why the pancake's coming up. You can make it vegan, you know. You can make it vegan oh, by could. doing, like, a – like a chia seed egg instead of a normal egg. Yeah, I could. I've got to find the uh, the gluten-free oats though because I'm bloody celiac. 
damn. Oh, shivers. I think I knew that, you know. Damn, well, that's fine. Damn autoimmune diseases. All right. Well, look, of, any, yeah. of all the autoimmune diseases, it's got a pretty tasty, you know, treatment. Some autoimmune diseases, yeah. you have to be on drugs for the rest of your life. At least this way, I just get to eat yeah. nice food. <laughs> Talking about vegan meals, though. Yes, love. Ellie and I, we go to this gym called Air Locker. And anyway, one of the guys who, who goes there as well, he's got this business called Flav, and it's vegan fresh pre-packed meals and they are so tasty they've got like fake chicken and wow. like it's legit so yeah i reckon you should get onto that becky was actually saying that to me the other day we were eating some and becky was like we should tell osher about this he's <laughs> vegan isn't he thank you for thinking <laughs> and i was of like <laughs> Thank you for yeah, thinking of it. they are pretty good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's very kind. I, I do tend to like to prepare my food, but yeah. also I am very lucky to be married to someone who is astonishingly good in the kitchen and food equals love for her. So that is Aww. one of the the ways that she shows me she cares for me is by feeding me. And uh, who am I yep. to deny this, ladies? <laughs> Who am I to deny this? To talk about your time on Bachelorette, obviously we're very early into the season, but I think one thing that is very, very evident is the knowledge of your own power, ladies, the knowledge of your own worth seems to absolutely shine through in every episode. Has it always been that way? No, it hasn't always been that way. I went through you know, a couple of tough relationships and it took me for me to have my single years and for me to go through a bit of heartbreak, I think, to really understand what I deserve and what I'm willing to put up with and not put up with in a relationship. And I'm just at a place where I'm really happy within myself. I have amazing friends. I really have enjoyed being single and just hanging out with my friends and coming into the bachelorette or like into any kind of relationship, I suppose, is like I just want someone who's going to make my life even greater than what it is, if that's possible. (laughs) What would you say to other women who might particularly relate to the feeling of what it was like before you had this revelation? What would you say to somebody who finds himself in that situation? I think you're deserving of love and don't ever let a man disrespect you. Yeah. Yeah. Know your worth and, yeah, have courage and stand up for yourself and don't settle. Don't settle because we do tend yeah. to have this. I mean, I, I certainly know what it's like to have, you know, worthlessness was the thing that I went through as well. And mm-hmm. I, I would put up with all kinds of things because I kind of had this feeling like if I don't go along with this, it'll never happen again. It'll never be okay. I'll, I'll be alone forever. And that was the thing that I guess kept me in, certainly when I was, you know, after my divorce, it kept me in situations where I'm like, this is not okay, but I don't know how to say no to it because I'm worried that it might never happen again. Yeah. And I think you're you're much better happy as a single person than unhappy in a relationship. Mm. I feel like you're in charge of your own happiness and you can't rely on someone else to bring that to you and, you know, give you self-worth. Like it's up to you and it's your responsibility to take charge of that yourself and yeah, don't let anyone define you or how you feel about yourself because that's just bullshit. Like you've got to be happy within yourself before you can welcome anyone into your life because then, you know, you're doing yourself an injustice and you're doing whoever else an injustice as well, you know? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Because of the way that 2020 played out, I wasn't able to be there for you as much as I would have liked. And I'm really sorry about that. But I was getting reports back from your adventure mm-hmm. and it sounded like, oh, no, shit, that got it handled. Like, <laughs> it was- <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Becky took no prisoners. Honestly, I was like, it being her first time on TV and stuff, like I wanted to keep a bit of an eye on her and I did. But honestly, she handled herself so well like if there was anything she was worried about she was like i'm getting to the bottom of this like i didn't have to worry about her at all you know like she was incredible yeah i'm not afraid to ask silly questions or tough questions and kind of just come out with it and yeah there's no beating around the bush (laughs) that you were there with each other and you had each other's backs from what I could see and the, you know, the things that I was, because I was getting reports and I was getting emails and reading about what was going on. Mm-hmm. It really sounded like because you were both there together, it gave you this ability. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't do this otherwise, but if anything was, because when it's a bachelorette by herself, she may not feel in a place to challenge behavior that she's uncomfortable with. And we've seen behavior that we are all uncomfortable with on our show a number of times. But, you know, I'm not saying anything out of out of the box here. And let's not give anything away. But when stuff like that came along, did you find that it might have been the first time that those blokes had been pulled up on it? Um, yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah. yeah, I think Becky and I, I don't know. Yeah, we definitely just, we had each other's back and we felt like a team. So I think that definitely helped us to feel empowered to do what we had to do and I guess yeah face those issues knowing that we'd be okay because we had each other for support yeah yeah and I think when people are disrespectful like that really gets on my goat and that really burns me up like I just want someone who's gonna just be honest with their feelings and like how they feel about us and the experience and yeah, and I guess we just had to nip it on the butt because we just wanted people there for genuine reasons who were nice people and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it'll all play out. It'll all play out. What I find fascinating yeah. about it, though, is like I, I, this is why I love this show. I love working on it and particularly I love Bachelorette the most because I don't really get a lot of the micro communications and the nuances that occur between the women because I don't quite understand that you know, what a look can mean between women because I didn't really grow up with that, but I get it with men, all right? I understand <laughs> the way a man stands around another man or the way a man's tone of voice. I get those kind of nuances of communication. 
And I mm. see some of the guys sometimes on our shows and I, you know, and I've said this on Twitter, I'm not saying anything I haven't said before. I'm like, wow, you got to this point of your life thinking that was an okay thing to say to somebody. Wow. Mm. And it always blows my mind. And yet we have this opportunity as a show to, in prime time, show this kind of behavior and then go, okay, what do we think about it? Yeah. And I find it really, I find it really interesting. That is fascinating. And yeah. it is fascinating, like, watching people's nonverbal communication interactions with each other and mm. recognizing that, yeah, like, it is actually quite fascinating to witness and to, yeah, Ooh, you've given me some thought-provoking <laughs> information there. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some, what's, what's that, sociology? Is that, yeah. is that when you're... Anthropology. Oh, no. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, anthropology. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. The interactions between humans. What would you say to people who, and, you know, it's a common argument, and it's been, you know, since this show started in the States, I guess, and, you know, and every episode that we've had, every season we've had, people always go, oh, they're just doing it for profile. What would you say to that? I'd say that's nonsense, you know. I think, like, we're just normal girls. Like, crikey, we're honestly just two chicks from the country, and the most important thing to us is just to live a happy life. You know, I think from our background and the way that we grew up, like that truly is the most important thing. Like money isn't important to us. Fame isn't important to us. Like we can only speak for ourselves in that respect because I think there probably definitely are people that have come onto it for profile or, you know, fame or this, that and the other in the past. But definitely for us, that's not the case at all. It's a huge thing to put yourself in the public eye and have people ridicule you and think they know you and put judgment on you when it's like, you actually don't know the real story. And like, we're just normal people. Like think of yourself as if you were on TV and like, that's weird. That's crazy. Like I remember Becky, someone saying to Becky, like, what's it like knowing you're going to be on the bachelorette? And Becky had such a good thing to say back. She was like, imagine if it was you, like, it's just surreal. It's weird. It's Mm. different. And I think that's something people need to realise that we are just people. Yeah. It's like when you're planning a big trip overseas and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe. And then you land in Europe and you still feel like you're at home. Like it hasn't sunken in that you're overseas and you're doing this crazy experience. It just still feels like it's just life. Yeah. And I think that personally, I think that that argument gets less and less valid uh, as far as, oh, wow, why would you do, what, how could you ever meet someone serious on a TV show? It's like, really? I've been to mm. two Tinder weddings, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I How's know, that any different, really, you know? Like, I know Tinder babies, someone... okay? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it's a new age, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people always imagine that when they're going to meet someone, it'll be their high school sweetheart or they'll be at the pub or there'll be this amazing little you know, just natural thing that happens that, yeah. you know, is old fashioned and traditional. But, you know, yeah, people do meet online and fall in love. People go on TV and fall in love. And it doesn't seem like it could be a real thing or reality until it's happening to you or someone around you. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. It's not that weird because it actually did happen and it worked out for them. Now, I'm not going to give anything away here because we've seen it on the telly. We've seen it in the ads. There's some passion going on. Did you make, in the in the back of your head, when you're like, oh, this is nice, I'm having a kiss, in the back of your head, did you make the it's punky noise? <gasps> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm so excited to watch that. I forgot yeah. all about that. All right. So, no. <laughs> 
Angie, when she told me when she had her first kiss on, on The Bachelor, was like, oh, it was so lovely. But then as soon as he started kissing me in the back of my head, I'm going, <laughs> 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 Would you would say that? <laughs> Let's answer this question. What is it like trying to have an intimate moment and kiss someone with audio, three cameras, <laughs> art, and a lighting guy? It's like six and a producer, like seven people nearby. What's that like? It's actually so funny how quickly you get used to it. And for me, I was just, I've described it as like just having random people in the public just watching you make out with somebody. So just people just that are standing a little bit too close and you just got to try and block it all out. Yeah. I think for me, everyone sort of becomes like your family, like in the crew. And for me coming back, it was definitely a bit like that being like, oh, you know, how are you? It's good to see you again, like with the cameramen and the sound guys and the producers and everything. And yeah, I've got really bad eyesight as well. So it was quite easy for me to block it out, especially at night. And yeah, I don't know. It just sort of becomes the new normal in a weird way. There were some times where it's like, oh my God, we're making soft porn. This is weird. Did you get in a chocolate bath? No. Then you're fine. I would like to. No. <laughs> no. I don't think we can go back to the chocolate bath. I think no. that happened and then it's been and it's gone and uh, I don't think we'll ever go back there. <laughs> that was Richie's season, if anyone ever was. Richie and Alex got in a chocolate bath and it lived in infamy forever and ever. But that bathtub has been on TV three times, most recently with Lockie. That same copper bathtub got wheeled out of the prop house and... <laughs> I might have been in that bathtub this season too. Oh my goodness! Was it was it copper? Was it a <laughs> copper bathtub? Look out! The bachelor bathtub. Bachelor bathtub. Yeah, there's a special phone. There's a phone on the desk going. <laughs> there's a person sitting at the other end next to the bath going, "You want it? Okay." It's <laughs> just on stand, <laughs> on standby. <laughs> This has been a really interesting year to make a show about people who make out, you know, (laughs) trying to make a show in a pandemic. But the thing that has happened because we did push a production back, it's the shortest amount of time that we've had to keep the couples apart at the end. Without giving anything away, how has the time since you stopped filming and now, how's it been? It's been really tough, I reckon. It's sort of like, you have this crazy emotional roller coaster and like you have the end goal there and you finally get to that point. You're like, yes, we've made it. That was crazy. That was hard, but I'm so happy. And then you separate it again. And then it all just feels like a bit of a dream. Right. It's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a month. Like, but you know, did that all just happen? You know, you're just trying your best to talk every day and text every day and keeping that, that spark alive. Yeah. It is tough because, like, you just want to be with each other, but yeah. you have to wait. But we've been so lucky, I guess, that the turnaround's so quick for us, so we don't have to wait as long as some people have had to wait in the past. So yeah. that is a blessing, I guess. Yeah. Not long to go yet. So <laughs> no, not long to go. Stick with it. <laughs> not long to go yet. I did see that at the mansion. They did make a little uh, a little bat cave for the two of you to kind of go and be. Yeah, this little clubhouse where you got to go and hang out. What was it like to have little debriefs in between in the cocktail party to run up there and have a chat with each other? Yeah, it was it was incredible. We had our own little space that we called Switzerland and we used to go up there together and, and have little chats and catch up on, on how each other's nights are going and ask for advice and download on each other. 
have a couple of shots of fireball, keep warm, and off we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the thing. We make bachelorette. We make people we have to shoot it through the middle of winter. It's the worst. Oh. We're asking our hero to, hey, can you dress sexy? Also, it's going to be eight degrees. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, there were times where I felt like we were out the back just standing on the grass doing some interviews like throughout, and I felt like the bones in my feet were frozen. Like you could feel the cold, you could just feel the cold emitting up from <laughs> below the surface and it's like, I've got to get out of here. Yes. <laughs> we were really lucky that we had such amazing crew. I remember Wendy, she'd follow us around with our hot water bottles and put it on our feet and wrap our dressing gowns around us and I didn't even know I needed a cup of tea and I was right there next to me. <laughs> She's like giving me a cup of tea. So we're very well looked after. If only people knew how often when you're seeing an interview with our bachelorette and she looks fabulous and beautiful and glamorous, yet <laughs> from the waist down it's wrapped in <laughs> dressing gown and a hot water bottle yeah. between the thighs. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because really? <laughs> it's like eight degrees and you're out there in a cocktail gown. It's cold, man. Yeah. It's cold. Oh. I know you guys got to get out of here. What do you want Australia to keep in their mind as they watch these first few weeks? As they watch the two of you go into this, what do you want them to remember? Crafty, I don't know. What do you reckon? We are honestly just coming into this experience with our whole hearts and we're giving it our all and we're just people and I think – we were so true to ourselves and we were so vulnerable and we gave it absolutely everything we had. So, you know, I hope people just remember that and know that we really are there giving it everything we've got. Yeah, giving it everything we've got and there for the right reasons and just wanting to find our people. And we really did give it all our all. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. God, it was good. I'm excited. I'm nervous. The only bit I'm nervous about is the media just like having people's attention on you but like I can't wait to watch it back to relive it because it was just so beautiful and just like there was a lot of love and respect there and it was like such a good experience like the boys were beautiful yeah you know there was a lot of friendship there which is so nice the boys had our backs like there was one kind of big moment in the show and which we've talked about before and all the boys had our backs and they loved us and we loved them yeah. and I think it was a bit different because there was two of us. Like there were a bunch of guys Ellie was dating, a bunch that I was dating, and so there was a lot of friendship between everybody. Yeah, because there was like a different dynamic being like I'd band with Becky's boys, they'd band with me, and like, and then it's like there were times where boys would be like, how's your sister going? Like, you know, how's Becky going, mm -hmm. finding it all? Like everyone was just so yeah. nice and respectful and, yeah, it was beautiful. And if people see the two of you, if they're kind of inspired by the way that you carry yourself, if they're inspired by the way that, you know, you stand up for yourself, what would you say to them? Do that for yourself too, you know. Like if the way we are can inspire, you know, someone else to stick up for themselves, then they should do it. Mm. Or, you know, to just follow your gut instincts mm. because a lot of the time there's probably red flags and you want to – make excuses for people or situations, but in reality your body's telling you there's something up. Yeah, you tend, we tend to know. And then when the relationship's over, we look back and go, I literally knew the whole time. 
(laughs) Why am I surprised? It was there on the second date. (laughs) But I I pretended it wasn't there, hoping it would go away, and it was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, I want everyone to just keep in mind that there were such real raw feelings throughout the the whole experience. And there's... There's a couple of things that happened throughout the show that made the show really interesting and it wasn't drama-filled kind of things. It was just how things played out and some real big firsts. So, yeah, just be kind. (laughs) You guys have been the best. Thank you so much for persevering through the technical issues, but I'm really grateful that we managed to figure this out. And uh, I I will be there for you on the telly. Uh, but I'm sorry yeah. that I wasn't there for you as much as possible as we went through it. But um, thank you for understanding. And I'm, I'm grateful that you are here today. And in a couple of weeks from now, people will feel grateful too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Osher. It's been so fun. That was Ellie and Becky Miles. You can find them both on Instagram, Ellie Miles and Happy Little Becky Might, B-E-C-K-Y-M-I-T-E. That's where you'll find them on Instagram. I'm so grateful to everyone at Channel 10 and Warner Brothers who trusted me enough to do that interview with those two fine human beings. Really great chat. I really like them. They're great human beings and um, it's a real treat and a real honour to be there and been a part of their adventure. It's super great. You can find The Bachelorette on Wednesday and Thursday nights on 10 and win or if you're listening overseas I'm sure there's some sort of VPN situation that you can sort out if you're listening to this you probably figured out that I recorded this <laughs> at the same time because the baby's just woken up so I'm going to have to get up there and, and hug a baby yep he's standing in the crib alright i got to get up there but Jesus man he did what three straight hours that's a hit out of the park for his first one nap day I'm pretty happy with that alright I'll see you on Tuesday night on Twitch for a quiz and on Wednesday with Dad Pod and I'll be back here Friday if not, find me on Twitch in the mornings, hopefully riding my bike. Twitch.tv slash Ginsburg. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it that you downloaded the show. If you watch uh, The Bachelorette, you can find me on Twitter during the show. That's a lot of fun. All right, I better go. Thank you so much for being here. Until we speak next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.